Imagine taking your generosity to the next level, impacting more lives and leaving a godly legacy for generations to come. Get ideas and strategies to do just that when you listen to these personal stories from high-level kingdom champions. The Kingdom Investor Podcast showcases business leaders who have moved from success to significance, sharing how they use worldly wealth for kingdom impact. Discover how they grew in generosity, impacted more lives, and built godly legacies. You'll find motivation, inspiration, and practical steps to grow as a kingdom investor. Welcome to the Kingdom Investor Podcast. This is your host, Daniel White. And today we're interviewing Dave Burton for part two. If you haven't listened to part one, make sure you go back and listen first. If you're ready to take your investing to the next level by aligning your investing strategy with your faith, values, and passions, join us for our next online workshop as we guide you through the process of discovering your God-given passions and crafting your kingdom investing thesis. Space is limited, so sign up today at kingdomthesis.eventbrite.com. I hope to see you there. Without further ado, let's jump right into the show. One other quick story, and I'll, I'll move on, but example of exposure. Uh, years ago at our church, it was a very mission-based church. Uh, we were doing a missions conference. And so a friend of mine who's a doctor, he showed up. Uh, he doesn't go to our church. And I was, I was a little surprised. I asked him, well, you know, what are you doing here? You know, this is typically something like that is where the, only the most committed people come yeah. to. And, uh, and he shared with me, he said, oh, he said, you know, I have to look for opportunities to hear about what's going on in missions. Mm. Because if I don't, my heart will grow cold to it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's, you had to seek it out because you know that mm-hmm. without constant exposure, you won't, your heart will grow cold, cold to it. And so that was, um, that was really good. <laughs> that was, uh, again, uh, you know, whatever you expose your heart to regularly is probably what you're going to be most excited about. Um, yeah. And, and going back to what you were saying about, you know, watching those marketing and, and ads and commercials and things like that, it's, you know, they'll, the consumer society will sell us as much as we will buy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always more, there's always another dollar. There's always, you know, you hear these quotes about people that have been wildly successful and, you know, they're like, okay, well, how much more do you need? And, one more dollar, just just a little bit more, and I'll be fine. Right, absolutely. And uh, so, I might make a couple of suggestions uh, that that I follow. One, uh, and this whole uh, guarding your heart is to one, just get out in the field. That may be the mission field itself. It may be good to get your spouse and just head to the mission field for a couple of weeks and get out where things are happening. Maybe it's a place where you've been supporting already. Uh, kind of get your hands dirty. Um, get, get up and close and personal so you can see what's going on. Uh, so that could be a literal trip, and I would take your spouse to do that. There's no use in getting out there and getting fired up about something and leaving your spouse behind. So it could be a mission trip. It could be, it could just, if you can't do that, and some people can, it could simply be um, getting buddies with a missionary or an international mm-hmm. worker, someone who's out there doing it and, and getting, it's easy to stroke a check or punch a, you know, a grant a button, but to actually get to be good friends with them. So you really know what's going on and enter their world. That'd be another way. If you can't go, then get close to someone who is there. 
Um, and then locally, I would say just, you know, find something. Uh, it's simply a serving in a soup kitchen or addiction recovery center or maybe doing the accounting for them or getting your firm to work with them and do, take care of their accounting. You start somewhere, you'll figure it out. For me, one of the things uh, that I was involved in for a number of years was the Amachi program through the Lexington Leadership Foundation. It's, uh, it's kind of based on big brothers, big sisters, but you're mentoring uh, young men who have um, high risk, uh, mm-hmm. often uh, a parent or both parents incarcerated, and their risk of, uh, of a tough future is very strong. Yeah. So I was involved with that for 13 years, had a couple of different mentors, mentees that, that I worked with. And that was an intentional decision that I made once the kids were kind of in high school or into college where I realized I've got a little more time that I can invest uh, with somebody else. And uh, so, so I went out and found it and jumped in and contributed there, you know. And even though I looked at that as, you know, I'm going to help out some young kid, you know, realistically, it was very good for my soul. Mm. It took me places where I'm not normally going to be on streets. I'm not normally going to be hanging out there and into their world. And so it was, it was good for me as well. It developed my heart of compassion and sympathy and, uh, uh, or just understanding where they're coming from. And, uh, I think we all need to find places like that, everybody, but particularly if, if you're more used to just stroking checks for things, you need to find some place that you can dig in and get kind of get your hands dirty. It'll, it'll be good for you. And, and then, of course, I'd also say under this whole topic of your heart is, you know, just again, what are you watching? What are you seeing? A uh, couple of things that, I'm, that I look at pretty regularly right now. Uh, this podcast will probably be one of them. Now that I went back and started looking at your episodes, they're very good. The people, in fact, one of the books I just finished by John Reinhardt was uh, Gospel Patrons, and it was a very inspiring book. Uh, and he was on here recently. Um, uh, the National Christian Foundation has their, you know, they have a lot of good things going on, but their Saturday 7 articles, always very good. Uh, anything with generous giving, uh, it's, I know it's been highlighted here before. We've We've been to... Been on jogs. We've led jogs. A journey of generosity. Uh, I find that it's been very pleasing to help my peers think through these things. It's kind of the, it's kind of the gospel and the spiritual life. And my entering through the door of finance, mm-hmm. and um, so those have been things just practically that that I've been involved in that have been helpful to me. So looking at uh, time, talents, and treasure. Is there anything else that you want to say about uh, those different categories and and how we can really think about investing those in God's kingdom? Uh, I can tell you our story a little bit. Um, we um, we give a, to a variety of people and organizations monthly. We give some special we give annually. That's probably pretty common for most folks. Pretty much any time we get asked. We, we like to give something, a gift, a, a note, a gift of encouragement, even if we're not going to be a significant giver. About 10 years ago, we, um, as the funds were available, we decided to each year try to give significantly to maybe one organization. And we have done that and really enjoyed that for the last uh, 10 years, where we, we will take a bulk gift and select a, sometimes it's been the same ministry two years in a row, but sometimes we... Uh, we've, we've done that with a couple of campus ministries. Uh, we've done that with the finishing fund, Doug, Doug, Doug Cobb over in Louisville and his team has done an excellent job of reaching out to unreached people groups. And we've, we've had a lot of pleasure in being involved with that. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm excited about having him on the show soon. Okay, great. So, uh, so that's been something we've kind of put our shoulder behind. Um, also, something kind of fun a few years ago, I'd wanted to do this and it finally came, it came about that uh, I've been involved in Habitat, uh, a few different builds, leading a, a team from our church at one point. But about five years ago, we decided to, to fund a house one summer as a family along with a few businesses I'm involved in. And we just took the whole thing on. And my, all of my kids are adult kids now. So we had them come alongside and they each took a day of work and they were there for the beginning and kind of the wives were doing this and meeting the family. And, and they do a great job of setting that all up and make it very easy. I've got some construction background. So, so this, this was on training wheels. So it was pretty, pretty easy from that standpoint. But, but it was great as a family to say, we're going to build someone else a house this summer. Mm. And they were all able to get involved in various ways. And, and that was a real pleasure to, to do that. And we will probably do that again in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a family gift of our time and, and treasure. So, oh, yeah, that's really creative and very hands on. Like we were talking about, it's very satisfying because you can see at the end of the day, you know, what you've been able to accomplish and what you've been able to help people uh, to create. That's that's on the finance side. On the time okay. and talent, just a couple more things that where we find ourselves involved with because that's all three of those are important. I um, uh, I have kind of a unique background in that I spent many years raising support, our personal support for our ministry, and uh, and and have plenty of experiences with that. Now for the last 15, 20 years, people have been coming to me asking for support. So I've got plenty of experience there too. So I find myself helping coach others who are raising funds, helping them think through the best approaches, uh, terminology, things like that, and, and, and really know before they even speak what they're getting ready to say oftentimes about their experience and, and able to speak into that and, and, and agree, yes, that is what's going to happen. Here's what else is going to happen. And, and kind of help help uh, work them through that. So that's that's been a way I've been able to use my talent, if you will, because of uh, that that background. I found oftentimes that um, working with people in ministries, they are uncomfortable asking for larger gifts. It's be something I've discovered in the last five ten years. We we had someone in one ministry I'm involved with wanted to give a hundred thousand dollars. Well, the budget was only. You know, a little over twice that. So that we, you know, that was not going to be a gift that would actually. It was, it was wonderful, but it would be. It would also disrupt the, the everything. We ended up coming up with a fund that they could give to, and uh, put that money in to do some long term things. But with that, what happened uh, is is as we developed this fund of where it could go and how it could funnel into the ministry, we began asking other people. And in the past, you're asking for fairly small gifts. Now you're asking for a kind of a legacy type gift is what mm-hmm. I like calling it, something that's going to last for a while. But we end up raising $800,000 for that, the ministry uh, for a fund that has, is still producing uh, results. It's, it's been a great, uh, great fund. And, but, but, you know, people aren't used to, there, there's people out there and there's, you know, I, I talk to people in the real estate world and they say, there's a lot of money floating around out there. And it's like, yes, there is. There's amazing amount of money floating around there. And, and, but people need to be asked to do bigger things and they will yeah. step to the plate uh, when they're asking. That's, that's something sometimes people in the nonprofit world don't 
aren't, aren't aware of. They're sheepish to ask for $1,000 when these people could give $100,000 if you ask them for the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would they would step up and give yeah. more general. So I've been kind of coaching some nonprofit people on that. Um, I was very proud of one of the campus ministries building a new building down here at UK. I've uh, raised about $12 million. And early on, talking with them about You've got a, you've got something here. People are going to give to, and you need to be aggressive and go out there and ask them and and ask for ask for. And they've had some people step up in big ways. Yeah. On that on that same note, there's some things I find myself as a giver to the underdog. I, I think this partly comes because I've been around it so much through the years. I look at some people and think, you know, you've you've got a great cause, you've got a great constituency constituency who will give to that. Mm-hmm. I may not give to that as much. I end up giving more to people who have, uh, for whatever reason, perhaps they come from a more uh, poor background, and, and re- not, not just economically, but resource-wise in general. They don't have the contacts I do. Yeah. So, so those are the people I love to get behind and help get them there because they are starting they're starting at home plate. They're not yeah. starting on second base, and they, they just need more help. So that's, that's uh, something else. That, that we do. Yeah. And they often don't get in front of you, uh, from different barriers from as far as network or geography or, you know, just lack of funding to even market and different things. So. Exactly. Yeah. And then other people are resource rich. They have yeah. plenty of contacts and this campus ministry was probably one of those once, but they need a little emphasis to get out there and get, get to them. But they, they, they had a lot of people love the university. A lot of mm-hmm. people love the Lord. And that's going to be a pretty good combination. I've also enjoyed, uh, as far as time and talent, uh, like I mentioned earlier, doing the journey of generosities, leading peers in that. I, I find a little more confidence that I, can, that I can talk to people about, here's what we're doing, and come alongside them, encourage mm-hmm. them. Uh, I think maybe this goes back to, so so many even wealthy Christians go to churches and they feel pretty good about what they give. They're not challenged to do a lot more. And to come alongside and say, no, this really is all God's. Mm. And not that I don't have to be reminded. I have to be reminded sure. of that myself. But, but to kind of put that out there and then let them see what that does. Yeah. And that's what uh, things like Journey of Generosity, that it's good at that. Or some of these other books we've been talking about do the same thing. Yeah, and I think uh, we we as givers have to be challenged to give more and to uh, to really give sacrificially because we don't grow in our trust and our uh, reliance on the Lord if we don't allocate His resources to His purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if we're I was talking about this in a meeting this morning, uh, but we were talking about how our money really rules our heart and we find security and we find power and control in money. And the kind of the antidote is to give and be generous and and to dethrone money in our lives. And I was uh, reading this uh, passage earlier this morning in Proverbs that talks about this. And it, it says in Proverbs 18 uh, verse 11, it says, a rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his imagination. And so, and it, it talks about in his imagination, you know, imagination. And, but it's so true. Like oh. we think that 
you know, if we put enough away for retirement and we, you know, make enough money and, and can provide for ourselves and our families, then we're okay. You know, we're going to be, we're going to eventually get to a place where we think everything's going to be taken care of, but you know, we miss out on, on living a life of, of faith and dependency on God. I couldn't agree more. And, um, uh, most of my peers are in that very situation and subtly for me, and I think for most, uh, they are depending on their money more than they realize. Mm. And, um, and you got to check that regularly. It's, uh, I feel like I should be in remedial education on this, or maybe <laughs> I am. I have to come back and look at those verses and go, yes, that is true. How am I depending on, because uh, money will buy you out of a lot of problems in life. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. Uh, but it won't save your life. Huh? Yeah. There's too many uh, ultra-wealthy people in our town who have passed away early in life from 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 disease, uh, illness, and their money did not save them. So the the money doesn't do great things with the big issues of life like health and death mm-hmm. <laughs> and fixing your kids, things that 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 are probably at the heart most important to us. But money is does bring a lot of convenience. There's no doubt about that. But you you need to to recognize that. Say that's okay. That it does do that, but it does not do this. Yeah. And it's imaginary, or the way that verse read, you think in your head, no, you ain't got it. You don't have security. Sure, not on the big things. Yeah. So we've been talking about giving a lot, and you have a lot of experience in in giving different to ministries and things like that. Is there a particular framework that you use when deciding where to give and who to give with? Because you know, it can be so overwhelming getting asked by so many different people and you want to help everyone, but of course you can. And so, you know, what kind of, um, criteria or thought process have you put behind that? Well, I'm not sure we've done as much as we could. We naturally give towards things that our background would lend towards. So any kind of campus ministry, high school ministry, um, that, that is, that's almost a given. Mm-hmm. I'm not real big on brick and mortar type projects. Um, we'll do something, uh, but but our our background, literally, the fact that our ministry never had a building. We just we were we were homeless, and we would depend on university uh, facilities, things like that, or people's homes, uh, and never invested that way. I don't know if that got into my blood early. Uh, and again, that's probably one of those things, for that matter, that the average person often will give towards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let them give. That's great. I'll give some, but I'm not going to probably give a large amount towards that. And that's my wife has pretty much the same philosophy. And, um, and I say that we don't need bricks and mortar built. We need buildings. And I'd say we don't. So if, if push came to shove, I would, I would help with that. And I've helped by providing office space in the past, um, d- doing things like that in properties I've owned. So. So, so there's different ways to meet that need. Um, integrating is something I'm still exploring, to tell you the truth. There's times where we've, we've, we're housing someone right now for free who uh, aged out of foster care. And um, 
So there's opportunities like that, though I hear stories of even more developed and more purposeful uh, ways to do that. And we probably need to just investigate and work further at that. But just in summary, though, that, that we do, um, we have some criteria that's almost unwritten that, that kind of clicks through our head. And we do like to, and with Pimlin Ask, we try to give to everything to at least something to encourage them because anything that we're encouraged by, we may not be feel like this is directly in, in line with where we're going. Right. So. Yeah. So in, in summary for this episode, one of our last questions is what is something that God is teaching you uh, this season? Is there, is there something that he's put on your heart or a word or a scripture that you've been uh, meditating on or processing through? Nothing more than um, uh, maybe First uh, Timothy six. I've been reading back through that. That talks fairly similar to the verse you read there about where people are really going to end up. Uh, and there, I'll paraphrasing. It says, uh, "You're going to die, and someone's going to someone else is going to end up with everything you have, mm. basically." Yeah. <laughs> and a reminder of that. Those are the kind of verses for me. I, I just need trickling through my brain to remind myself that not for my and for myself, for my family, and for other people I run into mm-hmm. that this most of what we see here is going to burn. Uh, what things are going to last? Let's talk about those and let's make sure we're investing proper time in that. Um, if left to myself, I'd be a mess. I think the Lord. It's the Lord's redeeming work continuing in me that. It makes a, a, the, the difference down the stretch here. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, um, uh, yeah, I mentioned about the um, um, gospel patrons. That was an inspiring book. Um, I think a lot of us need to be, and to make sure that we're giving significantly maybe to one or two areas. Uh, you get asked a variety of things. Yeah. Where can I hone in? That's what I mentioned about getting your hands dirty. Maybe there's an area that you get your hands dirty mm-hmm. and just really, Lean in on that one because you'll be able to make more effect than, than a shotgun approach. Right. Yeah, that's good. And um, I think there was one missional uh, leader who talked about uh, really focusing on one area and, and kind of compounding that impact through focusing on, on one area. So that's, that's really good. Dave, I really appreciate you coming on the show. This has been really good, really informative. I'm going to have to listen back through to try mm-hmm. to get all this uh, information yeah. and, and uh, this resource. Is there one or two resources uh, that you would recommend for our listeners um, around really kind of shaping your heart or growing your heart uh, in advancing God's kingdom, whether that's a book or a podcast or uh, a different connection or anything? Um, I don't know. I've, uh, I've not written any books. I have read a few books. Um, if you don't have much time, I would say um, The Treasure Principle by Randy mm-hmm. Alcorn would be the best pound-per-pound pound book that you could probably get a hold of to, 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 lighten your, to, to guide your heart. Yeah. If you like to read, is money, possessions, and you know the uh, uh well, yeah, wealth, money, and possessions. Yeah, are, wealth, money, and possessions, something like that. It's about ten times as thick. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a exhaustive study on this. That's also very good. I think I've read parts of it. I didn't read the whole thing. Uh, those would be both by Randy Alcorn. Yeah. Those would be just um, 
just be really good. Mm-hmm. I, I, as I mentioned recently, uh, I've been getting the Saturday 7, which is uh, from the National Christian Foundation. They just show up on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. I usually read through or listen to some of those articles. Uh, I, for me, it's good, uh, kind of a drip principle, if you yeah. will, that, that on a regular basis I'm, I'm hearing uh, hearing from people, hearing their stories. Um, you know, I, it, I, I don't get tired of hearing um, people's changed life stories, both as they come to the Lord or, or when they've surrendered an area, particularly of finance to the Lord. It's inspiring to me to say, that's, that's where I need to be and do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's pray and we'll close out the show. Okay. God, I thank you and praise you for this time and this opportunity to uh, talk with Dave and really hear his heart and how you've shaped his heart and used him uh, through obedience and uh, just uh, leading and guiding and directing his life. Uh, Lord, I thank you for all the life change and the impact that he has had. Uh, And I pray that you would continue that, that you would uh, allow him to keep... uh, investing his time, talents, and treasure in your kingdom, and that you would get all of the glory. Uh, Lord, I pray for our listeners that they would use uh, these um, these stories and these ideas, and they take them and run, and that you would bless their lives, that you would grow them in their generosity, and help them to impact more people for your kingdom. It's in, in your name we pray. Amen. What if you could take your generosity to the next level, impacting more lives in your community and around the world, creating a godly legacy for generations to come? Now you can. Your first step is crafting your kingdom investing thesis. Reserve your spot in our next online workshop where we guide you through the process of discovering your passions, create a strategic plan, and connect you to opportunities that will help you fulfill your God-given calling as a kingdom investor. Register today by clicking the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Kingdom Investor Podcast.